Hello everybody, we're back again with a new episode. Today we're going to be talking about a lot of things that have happened the past few days, midweek, and things that are going to happen in the coming days as well. So without further ado, welcome to the latest episode of Back on Our Podcast. Josh, it's been a while. Hope you hope you're still alive. Or am I talking to to a ghost here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm alive and well. I'm actually good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just keeping my WhatsApp and just ready to get so into this. Yeah, you said? I, I wanted to tell you. You're How? How am I how? Not just you, but I think the entire football world are hypocrites. We how? we missed we missed last. I'm going to tell you how we missed last week's episode last Friday, I think, and also Tuesday. So I would have mentioned this. Would have gone in depth, but there's no time this week. PSG were slaughtered for bottling a lead against Real Madrid, but then Chelsea are praised for doing the same thing. That's all I'll say. Just double standard. But let's let's move on. Of forward. course, of course. Of course, all I know is Chelsea won the second leg, and they lost the first leg. That's what I. I, That's what I know. How many? What was the scoreline? Three one, right? Chelsea were leading by seventy fifth minute. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, did they? Did they qualify? That is. That's not the point. That the point. No, they didn't qualify. But let's, let's leave it at that. I don't have there, there, there's, no, there's no bottling here. And I, 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 I know what you're trying to do, but there's no bottling. Let's clap, clap for them. This wine king that got that you clap no, for. No, 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 no. Chelsea, Chelsea fucked up in the first leg. That's what I would say. Not for results. So well, well, I don't know why we're arguing about people that are not in the Champions League anymore. Let's just leave let's just it at that. And also, shout out. To Barcelona for also bottling their own to Eintracht Frankfurt. They didn't, they didn't bottle it. They just they they, they, they were never in it. So you know, Frankfurt ready. No way you word bottle for Barcelona because they were the favorites to win the entire competition, not just this game. So now see like Frankfurt. Frankfurt were the better team, but like Barcelona should hold their L. They didn't bottle it. Like they should just hold their L. Frankfurt better team. Interesting that Javi blamed the fact that there were 30,000 Eintracht Frankfurt fans in the stadium. He said there were too many fans and he felt like a neutral. That, that was, like, like, as a Barcelona supporter, that was embarrassing. How can but, you have, allow the enemy, how can you allow the enemy have 30,000 30, of their fans in your stadium? That is embarrassing. That is the, wait, that is the highest wait, embarrassment I've seen. You're not even talking about Javi's comments. You're talking about the fact that it happened. Yeah, show us the Shavi will make the comment because he needed the atmosphere. But, um, but the, the fact oh, that like, when I was watching the was when I was watching the match, everywhere I was looking was white shirt. Like it doesn't even make any oh, sense. That was embarrassing. But, but, but sir, I interacted against Sevilla just the previous round. They did this two years ago as well against I think it was Betis or whoever. They've been doing this not as much as thirty thousand, sometimes twenty-five, but like they overcrowd away stadium. So it's not like a shocking thing that Barcelona have not seen them do before. 
So it was. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. As a big club, eh? as a big club, it should not be happening to you. Like, it's, uh, you, can, you can say they've been doing it, but for example, you can never see this kind of nonsense happen to Real Madrid. You can't. So that's no, what I'm saying. As a my, big club. My, my you, agree. No, you get, I'm agreeing with you, and I'm saying the fact they've done it before is actually worse for Barcelona's part because. They exactly. Expected it. You get. So I'm agreeing with you. Exactly. They are just clowns, there, man. They are just clowns, man. Um, they are just clowns. Speaking of clowns, Barcelona lost this on Monday. I know we are not meant to talk about it too much, but there's just one interesting stat that I have in front of me. Barcelona have not beaten it since 2006, but then, in all fairness, they've not faced them too much because Cardiff have not been in the top division. But Cardiff have been in La Liga for the past two seasons. Four matches with Barcelona, three wins and one draw for them. Um, oh, that's, uh, that's a very good record for Cardiff. That's a good record. That's, <laughs> that's a good record. for Barcelona. Why, why are you not speaking about that part? No, 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 no. Like, you know me. Like, I keep it real. Like, uh, that's why, that's why like, if people listen to the podcast, they see that when I back a, a, a player or a, I back someone, when I start coming for them, I come very hard because there's no room now for me for for um, uh, mediocrity anymore. So like I'm obviously Barcelona, for, Barcelona. I'm still waiting for you to come at Chelsea hard because so far. No, we 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 will get to that. We we'll get yeah. to that. Obviously Barcelona, they've not been in form since um, the start of this month. They've been they've been they've been um, pulling well, through the line. A good result against Chelsea that had yeah, that, that was a good result, but like, truth be told, they didn't even play well. We also see that they like. I, I use the word hard fought. I didn't say beautiful performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I, I heard that. I heard that. It was, it was a very, was a difficult victory, but all in all, like, it was a good. That's why, that's why, like, the only thing I, I would, I would just take note from this, from, from the last um, few days, or let's say the last one week of Barcelona's results is. Xavi has overperformed with these players. Right now, we've seen that these players are going back to their level. I don't want to mention them. We all know who they are. We all, we all watch football. We know who they are. They're you know, overperforming. And if Barcelona are seriously trying to challenge next season, even for La Liga, they seriously need to back Xavi this summer so that they can get suitable replacements for these players. Like, come on. Like I was saying to you before the podcast, before we started recording, when you look at Xavi's record in the league, it's very impressive. 20 league games, 14 wins, 4 draws, 2 defeats. Taking wait, wait, six points, wait, wait. For 6 points from a possible 60 with this I group of players. Are you sure I didn't cook that up? It sounds too impressive to be true. No, I didn't, I didn't cook it. I didn't cook it. That, that is his league record. Like, I, I, I was just looking at it. I was like, man, this guy has tried. With these players, man, he has over, overachieved with these players. Because if you remember, we're, Barcelona were ninth. Remember, we're ninth. Yeah. And now, they are, they are trying but to finish. They the were in relegation zone. Well, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So, at the end of the day, all I'm, all I'm saying is, with um, Real Madrid making their signing, Mbappe and the likes, Barcelona too needs to make quality signings. Now, they've lost the race for Haaland. So, they need to go and start making quality signings. So that they can. Yeah, find it. Yeah. Is it because of the Spotify deal that you were warning yourself? No, no, it's not because of the Spotify. Obviously, obviously, the project um, Xavi is trying to do is a very good project. But at the end of the day, 
um, Barcelona were outpriced. That's just the truth. He went for so a wage that is more better than what Barcelona is offering. So it's just how it is. That is how the market works. But um, well, this weekend we have um, this weekend was meant to be La Liga free, but Barcelona are facing rival Vallecano because Vallecano because um. Serious people are playing the Copa del Rey, but Barcelona are out of that competition. Yeah. Of course, of course. Barcelona, Barcelona needed to play their game in hand at one point. So this was the perfect opportunity. Of course. Like, there's, not, there's nothing to speak here. Like, let me be real with you. The last, I think, I think the fixture um, where they faced Real Valcano previously. Real Val, um, what is it called? I think Real Valcano beat Barcelona. I, I I think that was what happened. I think Falcao scored. Yes, 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 yeah. Wherever I can beat Barcelona. Rayo actually started the season on fire, if you remember. Like, most people might not remember, but I remember they were, like, in the top four for the first one month or two months of the season. Yeah, I think it's this game that started, that made Kuman even get sacked. Because when Wherever I can scored, Baka had a penalty, the five misses. So, it all went downhill for Ronald Kuman. All I would say is very simple. Barcelona facing Real Vallecano. They are, um, they are the Camp Nou. If they can't get a victory, I'm sorry. They should just close the club. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Karim Benzema. Over to Madrid. Karim Benzema missing two penalties. Now we're hearing um, anti-Madrid people saying that now it has affected his ballon the chances, but let's be real. It doesn't matter, does it? Nah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But honestly, like I was angry when Benzema missed those things because I, I, I was telling you the other day. I feel like he has learned the art of start fighting, and someone like Ronaldo having those kind of penalties, Lewandowski, when you are chasing individual honors, you need to be ruthless. Benzema needs to emulate things like that. He needs to step up in moments like that. It doesn't matter the scoreline. Just bury you know, those chances. You know, you know, to me, one of the hardest things in football is playing two penalties in the same match. It doesn't even matter if you scored the first one or not because where, if you play to the left first time, are you going to play there again? Are you going to change position? Like, it's so hard. And Benzema chose to go to the same place twice and then the keeper sorted him twice. So, it was just... It was... It was strange to see, but I don't think it matters because it wasn't even a big game. Well, Madrid are still winning the La Liga. He's still going to be La Liga top scorer, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm just saying, like, to make his stats look better, like, he needs, he needs, needs more of those, more of those yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. Atletico Madrid drew 0 0 with. Wait, I'm, fine. I'm looking for the club. It's, it has to be a great club, a very, very difficult club to beat. The hmm. mighty Granada. Atletico Madrid drew with the great Granada 0-0. Granada are 18th, just for context. They are 18th in the La Liga. And I have a very interesting start on Atletico Madrid. In all competitions, Atletico Madrid's last five games, they have 22 yellow cards. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. Two red cards. Two goals scored and one win in those five matches. I mean, what, what, what can we even make of this? Hey, man. <laughs> what, what are we saying? Huh? 
if a team tries to even force to beat that record, I'm not sure you come close. To get 22 yellow cards and red cards like that, I'm not sure. If you if you if you try to be intentional about guys, it, I'm not sure you won't beat the record. Who both scored in five matches? Yeah, like they fell off. They just fell off. I think that's that. I know. You know, before, before this last one of five games, they were in actual, actual very very good form. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that Man City defeat, I think it 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 um it played a big role into this. Like I think I think yeah, that Man City game played a huge role in this. Twenty cards in five. I I'm I cannot even think of how it's possible. Let's just only Simeone. No, that's just shameful. That's just shameful. Only only Simeone can give you this. But then to be fair, I think the second red card was harsh. The one that um I'm trying to remember his name, but the one he got in La Liga. Like their last before this Granada game, the last La Liga game, I think that shouldn't have been a. I think Condog Bia that shouldn't be the last card. Their, their last La Liga game, did they they lost now. It was in Mallorca, one nil. No, 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 no. The one before Granada. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that was where the red card occurred, and I don't think it should have been the red card. Mm, okay. Because it was. See guys, some some comment I say some commentators, some refuse just do whatever the hell they like. Like at at I'm not an Atletico fan, but I was actually upset seeing that given as a red card, but it is what it is. Um but they should still finish in the top four. They are being closely followed by Sociedad and Betis, but I think okay, the game you're talking about was Espanol. They want one. Condobia is yeah, second yellow. They want one, but the red card was just yeah. Condobia second yellow. I've seen it. I've seen it here. Yeah. It was. It was. It was yeah. It was. I was. I wasn't sure, but yeah. It was Condobia. It was actually a joke to watch. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, go and watch it. The second, what was given as a second yellow, it was just. Uh, we, we move, shall we move? Um, and now I understand why they have this siege mentality, like the world is against uh, against us, because sometimes. It actually is like that. Um, now let's talk about the CVR. But before the CVR itself, um, Coppa Italia, Inter Milan destroying AC Milan 3 0 to advance to the final. Do um, you see this having any bearing on the title race? Any side No. The, mm, like, honestly, not really, though. Uh, I don't. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it because at the end of the day, it goes back to some of the things that we um, we talked about in 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 um, previously um, during the early stage of the season. Like AC, um, AC Milan doesn't have squad depth. Inter Milan has squad depth. So that that extra quality, that quality that you can bring rotate freely and do whatever you like and have fresh legs in key matches is what is important. And I feel like, like I've said, Inter Milan are in poor position to retain the um, Serie A. So they've, I think they beat Juve the other day. A um, few, few, um, few days ago, they beat Juventus as well. So I feel like they're in poor position. It's up to them now if they want to bottle it or not. Like I keep saying, Napoli were at, at, at one point first. But when you have... Um, um, what is it called? Paletti as your manager. You're, you're, you're destined to bottle it. How much did Paletti do to 
guy? What did he do to you? They're they're serial butlers. So you're like Bernard, um, Bernard, uh, Rogers. Um, um, how do you say his name? Borogas, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you said it correctly now. He's, a, he's another butler. So, like, all those kind of managers, you just know them when you see them. No, no, but, but to be fair on Rogers, he has had terrible injury problems for the past three seasons. Of like, course, that's why he cannot beat Everton and bottle it last week. Of course. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Rogers has given up on the league this season because they're not fighting for anything. What they are trying to win the Europa Conference League as embarrassing as that might sound, but it's actually a trophy to teams like Leicester who are not like the top, like they are not really one of the top teams. So that's their priority. No, I see what you mean, but still, like it's no excuse. Everybody's taking points for Everton from Everton. Everton is doing promo, but Leicester really uh, trying their promo. Everybody but mind, everybody but mind you apparently. Mind um, you, are the chiefs of promo. So, <laughs> oh, but, but back to back to my original question. Yeah, I asked you if this was going to affect Milan. You said no. To me, it's going to affect them because you cannot be hammered by your rivals like this and expect everything to be alright. Like, like you, like let's say, ideally speaking, you want your players to rush it as side. Uh, this Milan team, now, the only way you can brush that aside is if you're a team of winners. Like, Bayern lost 5-0 to Mönchengladbach. Did it affect them? No. They, are still go- they still went on to hammer teams on their own. But this Milan team have not won anything together. There's only Zlatan, Giroud, and who else that have really won trophies in their career. So this is a team that was high on confidence. And something like this, for people that are not proven winners, I think you can knock the stuffing out of them. Yeah, that's true though. Uh, for this for this weekend's fixtures, we have we have Mourinho, who you claim to be your uncle. Um, Mourinho facing as much as I I love Mourinho, I can only see one winner here. Yeah, yeah, like Inter squad is just better. To me, like Mourinho has a chance. Like if you look at um. If you look at uh, Moise Code, what's, what, what have been going on in Syria? Like, you can clearly see that um, 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 Mourinho has been able to um, get some kind of result, especially in recent times. I think their last fixture, um, they played, who was it? Um, Napoli. Yeah, they played Napoli and they, they were, they, they peppered Napoli. I think that was, on, was it Monday? I think it was Monday. Like, they peppered Napoli and they almost won that game. Like, obviously, they missed chances upon chances, but they drew. So, against um, Inter, I think Inter can win, but Mourinho's Roma has a chance. Well, and then they have the reigning player of the month um, for Serie A, Abraham. So, of course, they have a chance. Um, Of course. (laughs) <laughs> of course that was tongue in cheek but I, I, I think not to laugh at anything like Tamibam has been on fire for the past more than one month I would say he has been doing very very well for himself and looks like he's actually better than Lukaku who would have thought it um, for AC Milan they have a tough match to try and bounce back they, have, they face Lazio 
Lazio are pushing for a Europa League place. Champions League is beyond them. I mean, there's no way they can make the Champions League spots, but they can make the Europa League spots. Um, Milan, you see them bouncing back? Yeah, they should. No, no, they, they should. There's no... Yeah, that is not even a question. They they should because you don't you you don't want to you don't want to start giving room for for to for um to slip out from the title race. Obviously, they are first now. They are still first on the table, but we have to remember that Inter still has a game in hand. So, like, just win your games and hope for the best. That's what you can do as a, as as a team above. Just win your game and hope for the best. So, if they can just win that game. I think yeah, they are in full position to to um, challenge from now to the end of the season. Well, I I expect Milan to win, but then I wouldn't put my house on it. So, I, basically, any result I see, I will not be surprised. If I if I see Lazio won, I'm like okay. If I see Milan won, I'm like okay. Like no result to surprise me in this match, honestly speaking. Yeah, fair enough. Now, let's go over to, I wanted to say England. Yes, let's go over to England. Um, we have a lot to talk about in England, so we'll try to squeeze as much as possible. Let's start with, there are two embarrassing clubs um, I want to drag. I'm, seeing, I'm thinking of who I'll drag first. Okay, let's start with, let's start with United, because I think Chelsea's dragging will be more. So let's start with United. Manchester United lost 4-0 to Liverpool, which, in all honesty, hands up if you were surprised. I mean, nobody was really surprised. Which in itself is a bigger indictment because nobody was surprised. I don't even know where to start from. Well, firstly, um, in the early hours before the game, we saw a, a very terrible news. Ronaldo... Um, losing his uh, newborn baby, his son. Um, our prayers and thoughts are with him and his family. And we saw a beautiful moment when it was the seventh minute uh, on yeah. Anfield. Um, oh, that, yeah. that, 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 that's why, that's why I, I, I keep telling people, football is the greatest sport. Like, you can't see that kind of... Like, I don't know about any other sport, but those kind of moments are very common in football where everyone steps together drop their rivalry and just become human, even if it's for one minute. Like, it's very beautiful to see. So, um, going back to the game, what I would just say is, like, I knew... Let me even speak, speak on it FPL-wise. Like, when I saw the first minute of the game and I saw United shape, they were not able to control a pass. They were not able to put, put strings of passes together. They were always out of position. Like, they were just all over the place. I knew that this... Like, I think this, this <coughs> result was worse than five years at Old Trafford. Like, I'm being honest. Like, when I compared both performances, like, I think this one was very, very bad. They don't even have a good threat. They don't even have a good threat. Like, it was so embarrassing. Wait, so wait. Let's, let's try and remember. The 5-0, to me, is the worst I've ever seen from any big club against another big club. The five could have been nine if Liverpool wanted. Remember, I think they stopped scoring around the 60th minute or so. That was when they scored the fifth goal. They could well, this have... this was the same thing. Like, when you see that Liverpool, they were not even pressing. Do you, do you see what um, I think Thiago said? Was it Thiago or 
You said um, no need uh, to exert ourselves when they make the things um, easy for you. I think it was Salah. Yeah, to Salah in his press conference. Like he was basically saying that they don't need, they don't, no need to use all our energy <laughs> when they make it easy for you. Like that was, that was a damning statement. Like, my God. That was um, damning. Um, see, like, like you, I'm confused on where to start. But let me just try. When I saw the lineup, I, I was if, if if it was if it was April first, like if the match was April first, I'll say this was like April Fools. Like this cannot be the lineup. Tell me what Matic and Phil Jones are looking for in that team. Like no no, Phil Jones has you, not. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? I agree what? with you, but Matic was one of their best players. I don't know if wait, that's a wait, good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if he's a good thing or a bad thing. Wait, wait. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. And Phil Jones has started only one match before this game. That was against Wolves. And he actually was decent in that game. I won't lie. But then to freeze him out for months and then bring him back in such a big game, I think Rafanik is a wicked person. Because there's, there's no how you can have a conscience and put Phil Jones who is Matt Rusty in such a match. And mind you, Mane played as a false nine against Man City. And so, because they played so well, you could have imagined that he would have gone with the same lineup. And now, if Mane is playing as a false nine, please, why do you need three central defenders when they are, they are not going to be marking any center forward? Like, why? Like, see, this thing is common sense. If you're playing against a big striker or a striker that runs in behind or something, like, fine, play with your three. But when Mane is dropping deep, tell me what your three centre-backs are doing. Nothing. They're just clueless. They don't know whether to come in with Mane and then leave space. They don't know whether to just stand there and be useless. Like, like okay, that's, that's that. That's that. Then, I, I can't even... I can't even Rashford shouldn't have started because who would have started? Ronaldo wasn't going to play the game. Couldn't have played the game. But all I'll say is before the 5-0, yeah, to me, see, see the only difference now. To me, the 5-0 was worse. But what was worse about this one was the 5-0, I could have said that before that match, I'll say Liverpool were favourites. But if you had, if, if Mario had won 1-0 that day, I wouldn't have been shocked like that. Like, I... Let me say, I was giving it like 80% Liverpool, then 10 draw, 10 man you win. That was the first match. But this one, I was 100% sure that Liverpool was going to win. That's how bad my youth form is. And that's how dreadful the lineup was. Ah, man. Man, my youth problems. Uh, and, like I was talking about Matic. I when, I, when I saw Matic, I was like, why is this guy playing? And he was, he was one of their best players. Like, I, I, like, think, I think Pogba, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. But I think I don't think Pogba, if this was the World Cup final, I don't think Pogba would have gone out. I just no, felt I that think he, was, I think he was injured. Let, 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 let me even put it like this. Like, I missed, like, let me say, the first 45 seconds because I, I was allowing my DSTV load. So immediately I came into my room. Then I was not trying to understand because I've not seen the lineup. I was, I was, very, I was very, very busy. I've not seen the lineup. So I just came. I was like, okay, let me understand what, what they are trying to do. Then the next thing I saw Pogba, he was hobbling. I was like, oh, Pogba. I think Pogba is done. Like, he was, he was limping. I was like, he can't run it up. Immediately, 
ego now happened. I was like, oh, this guy, this guy can't play. This guy can't play. Like he's done. I don't think. I don't think. Man, the the, 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 the and, issue with Manchester United is the issue with Manchester United is you have a collective group of players. All of them, they can't fit all of them into a particular let, system let, that works. See, let, let, let's even stop this thing. Let's stop now. That we have to stop it today. Today is the day we stop this thing. What, you know, you know this thing that we've been saying that United have good players, but as a collective, they don't fit together. You know that's what everybody has been saying since. Me, I don't even, me, I don't even think they are good. They are, not, they are not even good players. Let's even stop the tap. They are not. No, good I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even say good. I just, I just think they have good group of players. I didn't say good. Like, like, like the truth is, the truth is, uh, people like Rashford. I'm, I'm not trying to. I don't like picking out players. Let me just, let me just be blunt. But people like Rashford, Rashford, I think, I think his progression has, has been very, very. Like people like Maguire, those ones should imagine. There are many people like uh Bissaka. There are so many, many dead good that needs to go. Like they're not they're not being they're not good enough. Like let me remind you in that match, eh? In that in that match, eh? David Deh, they gave David Deh a pass. It was a pass, the ball came to David Deh. David, there I saw Maguire. Maguire, Maguire was free. just to play it out of joy. Yeah, yeah. No, I, he, I when he saw it, he was like, Ma, Ma, David, there's face was like, no, PTSD, PTSD. I will keep better kick it out of joy. Because Maguire but, will but, tell me. The only, the only good news I have for United fans is that after the Norwich game, this was even before this embarrassment, after the Norwich game, Ranik said that they will sign six, seven, or even ten new players. Ten, like, like my guy wants to turn my YouTube manager mode like it's only it's only on game that you see so many signings in one club in one window so I don't think it's realistic um it depends on the budget it depends I on think, the budget I think the they can really do it thick. no no it depends if let's say if a club like Newcastle or PSG that have money to waste offer like 50 million for Rashford Today, I think you take it. If they also offer that kind of money for Martial, I think you take it. So it depends if they see Mugus in the market to help them finance their their incoming transfers. That's what now depends on. Because I'm seeing that United have a two hundred million budget for Eric Ten Hag, um, but in the, in today's inflated market, two hundred million is not really a lot. Sad to say. So it depends oh, on you announced it hard for them already. Cool. What? I, I just announced it hard now. I was I was thinking you had to give it a ground entry. <laughs> no 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 no. I I'm I'm going to come to Ten Hag, but let me just say something. I never thought I would ever say this statement that I'm about to say in my life. But I have seen that Ole left the club and the club actually got worse. Like I, I never thought I would see it in my life that that would be worse than like it, to me it was it was it was unthinkable. I thought that they were at rock bottom already, but they still find a way to dig underground and take themselves lower. And then now put putting Eric Ten Hag in that situation, how do you think he will fare next season? Um, I think Ten Hag will fail. It's just like it's just like the same. Uh, 
it's just like the same thing we the same um kind of prediction we are having with Xavi. So the reason why he will fail is the structure in place at United. Wait, sorry, sorry. Let me just ask one question. Is he going to fail totally or is it going to fail based on a one year time frame? So let's say will it be a success after three years or will it be a what, what, what I think what I think will happen is I think after three years there's no progression. Either he leaves or he gets sacked. Like that's that's why I see. But 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 the, why, why, going back to what I was saying about him failing, the structure in place. Just like I was listening to the Sky Sports um, pundit, um, I think it was Roy King, and he said like no matter the manager, these players, these players will surely let the next manager down, just like they've been doing for the previous manager. So like. Those players, they didn't get themselves into the club. It's the club that made those signings. Obviously, now, there's a new era. And another reason why even Christian Agu fail when you have someone like Jürgen Klopp as Liverpool's manager and Pep Guardiola as City's manager. So, what do you expect to win in the same league as them? So, so like, another, that's another reason. But the only green light or um, the only um, lamp, um, limelight, the light at the end of the tunnel, like, you can put it like that, is that Manchester United looks like they've turned the corner. They are getting rid of some of the backroom people like Mike Phelan. I'm hearing Mike Phelan might be sacked. You know, all those people are bringing in proper footballing um, guys. I, I'm hearing some names behind the scenes. They have not been confirmed yet, but I'm hearing some names behind the scenes that will take over some roles at Manchester United. If those names are able to deliver as promised and Ten Hag is giving the control and they actually back Ten Hag as promised, then I think Ten Hag has the opportunity to succeed. But if not, then I think I think it will fail. Okay, I'm going to partially agree with you. And where I'm going to agree with you is that the structure needs to change. If it does not change, there's no magic Ten Hag is going to do. And also, another place I agree with you is that he needs time. Now, you mentioned that you cannot win the league where... Club and Guardiola's teams are like because they are far ahead. Now United fans need to be realistic. Um, Manchester United are not the club they used to be. They've been in, they've been working in darkness for almost a decade now. 2013 since Ferguson retired, they've not come close to winning the league. They've not won the league, though, but then they've not even come close. Like how we can say that Tottenham came close when last when Leicester won. United have not even come close once. They finished second twice, but the second was like, like embarrassing second, like 19 points behind the winner two times, something like that. So they've not come close. So bearing that in mind, I think for me, if I were in charge of United, I would tell Ten Hag, you have the, give us your blueprint. Tell us the transfers you want. Tell us people you want out. Tell us people you want in. And if we can do that for you, then we must finish in the top four next season. There's no two ways about it. So, And I believe that Ten Hag is good enough to finish in the top four if given the proper backing. So that's the starting point. Then, But then it will be a battle for top four next season, mind you. They are not going to walk into the top four. The people that are walking to the top four are only City and Liverpool. The rest will have to fight for it. But then upper season now, my expectation of him is to walk into the top four. Don't fight against. Walk into the top four. 
then the third season now start competing for the league. That would be the way I look at it. First season fight for top four, second season walk into the top four, third season fight for the league. But then if United fans are expecting to fight for the league this first season, if you wake up for their slumber. <laughs> Like, uh, you, you broke it down well. Like, the, the thing is, if they give him all the recipes, give him full control, like, if they treat him just the same way they treat Guardiola and uh, Klopp, like, give them all the keys that they need. Like, get rid of who the, um, the players he doesn't want, give him the proper profile, the proper profile of players that he wants, and be patient as well. Because let's remember, Klopp's project took very, very long. People remember this. Club project took like three and a half years for it to start start bearing fruit. So I think yeah. So I think yeah, that's 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 what that's what Manchester United do now. They need to be patient, get rid of so many so, so many of these bombs from their club and start the rebuilding process. Um another episode, like in the future, maybe after the season, we'll really look at this United squad and like look at who needs to go, who needs to stay. There's no time for that today. But if you ask me off the top of my head, I cannot think of up to 10 players that should stay at the club, really. But that's conversation for another day. Chelsea Football Club. Um, bottled against Real Madrid. Bullied small boys, Crystal Palace, after being stifled in the first half. You would have thought that both them and Crystal Palace were mid-table teams in that FA Cup semi-final first half. But then second half, they showed their quality. Chelsea against Arsenal. Um, obviously, we didn't do the show on Tuesday. But I'm going to be honest. I expected Chelsea to win. Not because they are good or spectacular or anything. But because Arsenal was in such a terrible place. Three defeats in a row. Looking out of sorts. And guess what? Chelsea played them back into form. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I'll be real with you. I expected Chelsea to win as well. Not, not because Chelsea were in a good form, but I just expected them because they, they, they have the know-how, stand for bridge. But, but then, like, it goes back to the arguments we had. Like, it's Chelsea. Chelsea has a very big squad, but on paper, it looks nice. But in reality, it's, it's a facade. Yeah, look it's terrible. Look, look. Look at look at the uh, what is it called the the lineup Thomas Tuchel went with. It was a good lineup on paper, but what do we see in the back line? People clowning themselves. The goals from Inketia were just like some of the goals were just Chelsea. Like Arsenal didn't play and say the only goal Arsenal played and they, I was impressed and they created was I think it was the Smith Rowe goal from back to front. I don't know if okay. you remember. I'm even going to see there are, there are plenty of things you touched on that I want to just address. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 like, that was the only goal that I felt, felt like Arsenal really created. Like, the rest were Chelsea just being chaotic, making causing problems for themselves. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. So, I was saying just call them gifts. That was exactly what they were. Like, Chelsea yeah, just gifts. Gift. Yeah, they were gifts. Yeah, true. Um, you mentioned Stanford Bridge. Thomas Tuchel said Chelsea lost because of the pitch, and um, he the match was on Wednesday. Today is Friday. I'm still trying to understand it because this <laughs> is your so, like no, I'm actually serious. I'm still trying to process it because 
It sounds like nonsense and rubbish to me, but but maybe a Chelsea fan can explain why it makes sense. Maybe I can understand it. That's one. Secondly, you talked about Inketia. I'd like you to apologize to the young man because I told you on this podcast not too long ago that Inketia, I, I, I remember I said that I think Inketia coming on as a sub and I'll be more impressed with his sub performances than let than Lacazette starting. And you told me no, no, you still have to start Lacazette. Can you apologize to Inketia now? What I would say is as now for as now ambitious, Inketia is not good enough. I keep saying it. Like, there's no way. There's no there's no way Arsenal wants to compete for anything and they want to tell me they have a sorry, before this season, you did not know Gavi. Will you have said Gavi was good enough to play for Barcelona? From Gavi's appearance, he was in, like and, and before this season, we're already hearing things that there's this top young star coming through. But from 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 his performances, I not seen that he's backing it up. Okay, so, so for for Inketia, yeah, I think Inketia in the League Cup, in the FA Cup, and he has impressed me. Albeit against Lowell because Lowell's he scored hat trick. Let's be honest. Let's be real. No, now. no, no. Let's talk for this thing. Oh, I said I was saying albeit against lower league opposition, yes. But then you know, remember I told you I saw his sub performances, like coming on as a sub. And I was impressed with his movement, with his hunger to get into goal scoring positions, with his intent on trying to actually score, taking shots. I, I, I can't remember the last time Lacazette tried to take a meaningful shot. So all those things considered, I would say he's better than Lacazette. He's not, he's not good enough to start for us now yet, but comparing him to Lacazette is good enough, my guy. So, um... Another thing you mentioned was Arsenal got gifts apart from the the Emil Smith logo. Now, should I bust your head? That second goal, uh, to me, I, it sums up Chelsea's season. Chelsea were in a position to score. Arsenal's defense was in shambles. Like, they were at sixes and sevens in that particular incident. We had um, um, Gabriel out of position. We had holding, not marking um, his man correctly. And we had a situation where Werner, Alonso, Lukaku were in the box. But you see those three players I just mentioned? They should be sold. Because three of them connived to not only mess it up, but then we saw Granishaka, um, what's the word, nutmegging Alonso in his own box. And that now led to the progression of the ball up the field for Smithson to score. So, in a situation where Chelsea looked like scoring, they considered less than the minutes after. For me, that just sums up how terrible Chelsea were, both in defence and in attack in that game. Yeah, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea, like, Chelsea, they were just all over the place. Like, they were all over the place. I think Kante, Kante, I think it's time to move on from Golo Kante. I think since 2023, I've been on Kante, yeah, go on, go on. Kante is like Kante will always be a legend. Like the myth of Kante will always live forever. Someone being everywhere at once, blah 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 blah. Yes, but then his time has passed. We saw it against Madrid. We saw it again against Arsenal. I don't know what else we need to do for Thomas Tuchel to see that Ngolo Kante and Ruben Loftus Cheek is not a midfield that any 
coach at all will use. Not to talk of a coach that wants to fight for the league. Like, I think, I think what, what they can do is, if you don't want to get rid of Kante, they bring in a solid starter. Then you can use Kante sparingly, like um, no, no, you see, you see, and all that. You see the problem? I think Kante does not have the ability now to play the midfield too and be be solid anymore. I think Kante needs that extra. Like you know how some defenders are better in the back three. Like people like Rudiger are better in the back three than the back four. I think Kante now is better in the midfield three than the midfield four because sorry than the midfield two because that would be too much work on Kante now with just the midfield two. I think he's he's not at his best anymore. Maybe he's not fully fit and maybe I'm being too harsh on him. But if he's fully fit, then that means he's not at his best anymore, and so he needs an extra midfielder alongside him. What I would just say is this: I think I think. Um, Chelsea, they, they brought this upon themselves. In, so people might not understand why. Um, going back to the summer, Thomas Tuchel made some... some he had tabled down his targets. Lukaku wasn't part of his targets. He wanted a striker, but not Lukaku. They forced Lukaku Alan, upon him. I think obviously it was Haaland wanted, yeah. The, 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 what, all I'm saying is... All I'm saying is... Um, like, clubs keep doing this thing. And people, that's why, that's why, that's why, uh, for, in Barcelona's example, I like how they consult Xavi in most of their decisions when they want to shape the squad. Because they keep forgetting that it's the manager that will suffer it at the end of the day. So if you don't back the manager to give the manager the profile of players that he wants, don't blame the manager when things start going south because you didn't, you didn't give him what he wants. For example, that's why I don't like the excuse when people tell me about Pep. Pep, Pep is always getting what he wants and the profile of what he wants. You get it? Doesn't if those people fail, they'll they'll put more money and get another new player in the summer. So for Chelsea, if they know whenever they they get their new owner sorted, if they know that they want to still keep Thomas Tuchel, who I think is 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 a very good manager, I think he's just a step below Jurgen Klopp and um, Pep Guardiola. I think if they know that they want to have this guy as their manager. And they actually want to win something. They need to get rid of so many bombs and bring in the signings that Thomas Tuchel wants. If or if they, you don't need to go and start spending two hundred million, just target the profile of the of the profile that the uh, manager wants. That's what um, want. um, you're, you're now sounding like Thomas Tuchel's lawyer, so I have to come in here now as the prosecutor. Um, Thomas Tuchel, that you are praising. To the high heavens that it is not his fault, it is because he was not given his profile, blah blah blah, of players that he wants. Let me just say a few things about Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel is not in the same level, he should not be mentioned in the same sentence as Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Club from today. I don't want to hear it from anybody's mouth. And here is why you are playing against Arsenal. Arsenal is not a small team, they are in bad, they, are, they were in bad form, yes. But then that lineup was unforgivable. Malang Sa, Love to Seek, Lukaku. Now, now you see, you see, Lukaku to me uh, is just counting down the days till he can leave Chelsea. And I think, to be fair, Thomas Tuchel himself and Chelsea fans are counting down the day till Lukaku can leave them because I think it's, it's just a marriage made in hell at this point. 
it's never going to work anymore. Like from that interview, I had my doubts, but I mean, my doubts have been fully cleared that it's not possible. Um, what else? I've not seen anybody criticizing Thomas Tuchel for playing with James in a back three. With James is one of the best courses in the Premier League. With James, to me, is the best courser in Chelsea alongside Hakim Kiesch. I think both of them are better crossers than anybody else in the Chelsea team. And to play him in a back three, when you have a Spiliqueta that can play that position and you have his James playing quality balls, to me, it is mind-boggling and it is utter foolishness to waste your best wing back when he is fit and able to play in that position. I don't know if you agree with me, but that is, this is James in the back three has to stop. Now, the, the do I think is Chelsea defensively they've been exposed. I think what game did, did this even happen? I think it was the Brentford game. So since then, he has decided to put James in the back three to compensate for the lack of mobility in the back line. So Louis James has the pace to recover and has the physicality as well. So you normally. <laughs> I'm going to put one thing you said in, the last, in our last episode to you. You talked about, it was Arsenal we were talking about, and Shaka playing as a left-back. And you said, if you're playing Shaka as a left-back, you're now winning two positions because you're made, making the midfield weak and you're still not helping the left-back position. Remember you said that? <laughs> it's, the, it's the exact same thing with this with James team. These The centre-backs are not mobile enough, all well and good. But Chaloba is fast. You need to work on his position, positional awareness and his decision-making with him. Work with him on the training pitch and play him there because he has the legs. But don't take away your best wing-back because now you're weakening both the wing-back position and the centre-back position is still not any better because James is not a centre-back. Well, I see what you mean, but at the end of the day, like I feel like Alonso is still doing well going forward, but defensively, Alonso is very bad. But, but, but at the end of the day, man, like Tuchel has his own faults. He has, he has messed up. Some of his selections are questionable. Like, I don't understand why he keeps going with lost to Chic. I don't understand that. that um, like, <laughs> it's actually baffling, but maybe at the end of the season, we'll see why. I, I have a theory, it might be dark, it might be twisted, but I think that Chelsea wants Loftus-Cheek's market value to increase, so they are giving him game time before they sell him. Yeah, that, 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 I, can, I can understand that. He's, he's just, I think it's similar to the same thing I clocked today. I keep asking myself, why is Xavi risking um, everything to play Longley in the last yeah, match? Yeah, that's, that's why, because if, if so. these players don't play, then clubs are like, why do we need to pay any reasonable transfer fee to get him off your books since you obviously want him out? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, like that's the perfect explanation. Um, at least I hope that's the explanation, not that he actually believes that Loftus-Cheek is a good midfielder. Um, in the league, Chelsea was expected to fight for the title. Chelsea are in the top four, but yet their record is just the seventh best at Stamford Bridge, like at home in the Premier League. That's one. Secondly, the post per home Premier League game under Abramovich. I hope you can hear me clearly, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Oh no, because you need to understand that Lampard is better than Tuchel. So I don't want to. No, no, I don't understand this agenda. No, I mean in in just this in just this position. Carlo Ancelotti two point five five points per home match. Mourinho two point five three. Conte two point three two. Sarri two point one. Mourinho's second coming. The first start was Mourinho's first coming. Mourinho's second coming two point one four. Claudio Ranieri two point one one. Frank Lampard 1.82, Thomas Tuchel 1.76 points per home game. So you went, you went to bring single out that one just to prove your agenda. <laughs> no, uh, no my, my agenda is that Thomas Tuchel should not be glorified like Pep and Klopp are because they deserve it. Thomas Tuchel has just won the Champions League and is now being put on that level. So that's all I'm saying. But quickly for this weekend's game, um, my Arsenal, who do you expect to win? Predictions? Oh, man. Two clubs uh, that you don't know what to expect on any given day. All I know is, I feel like Arsenal will not lose that game. I don't know who will win, but I feel like Arsenal will lose the game. Um, That's what I would say. Arsenal at home, so I might be tempted to believe you, but Ronaldo is going to be playing with a lot of passion, a lot of desire, and I can I I will not be surprised if Ronaldo scores a very important goal in that match. So I will say maybe draw, maybe Ronaldo with a late equalizer. But I, all I know is that I expect Ronaldo to be set stage in that match. So I, I will say a national win, but Ronaldo will do something. Um, now the Messi side derby. Obviously, you're going to win. Really? Oh, really? Are we doing this? Are we no, doing I, this? I'm going to win, but by how many goals? You, do you think, do you think you're going to club his brother, Rogers? Do you think he's... <laughs> please, please. Please, please. Let's stop for this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's indirectly insulting club like this. Hope you know. Well, I mean, it's just a question now. We need to ask questions. Who wins? Okay, okay, who will win? Okay, Everton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't okay, believe you have it. A bold prediction from Leonard Everton to win of the course. Oh. <laughs> Of course. So, so we move we move to the Bundesliga. Oh. We have a pretty match. Bayern Dortmund. Prediction. Bayern Dortmund. Uh, I don't know, like. I don't know. Nagelsmann's football doesn't suit. Um, Nagelsmann is more of a Spanish guy playing tiki taka more than pressing, pressing kind of football. And so I feel, Come I on. feel, huh? Well, I, honestly, I wouldn't like to this. This, this one, this one, this one is a hard one for me. What? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, what's it called? That's one. They're informed as well. They're informed. But I expect I expect Bayern to edge it because because they have better quality. Wow! Like if you remember, there was a point where Lewandowski and Alan took center stage in this picture, going head to head. Yep. So I feel like it could be like that, it could be like that. But I, I expect Bayern to to edge it. But yes. I won't be surprised. After, after I won't be surprised. walking around the suit, yeah, that one. That good, uh, Nagelsmann is not this. Uh, you still ended the same place as me. 
with the Bayern win. What, what I would say is, if Dortmund win, I won't be surprised. Of course. Of course. And ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the episode. Um, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys have repented from your hypocrisy. I'm talking to all of you listening now for praising Chelsea against Real Madrid when they should have gotten the same treatment as PSG. All of you should of repent. Course. Rest, rest. Die this matter. Rest, eh? Rest. <laughs> what, what, what did that mean? want to add? Like, um, just um, speaking um, about hypocrisy, speaking about hypocrisy, it goes back to what me and Josh were arguing. I said that every big club does this thing. Look at Manchester United taking Ten Hag in the middle of it. Like, let's say not middle of the season, but still close to the um, Ten Hag is still part of Ajax. Why then don't wait for like four more weeks? They can, they can easily wait for four more weeks, but no, they've taken 10 hours, you know, to, to bully them of their own manager. It is what it is. Basically, life is not fair. That's what we're saying. So, just stay safe out there, guys. See you in the life next one. Life is month. not fair. Don't, don't be, don't be, don't be the beer on the broke side. If you have, if you are big, they cannot bully you. That's just the thing. Of course. So what what should I have to do? They should change their league because it's only because they are not in the Premier League that it is happening. Of course, of course, like you don't see three in the Premier League. <laughs> okay, I have nothing more to say. Goodbye, guys.